Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today. She makes us sound good. She's over there twisting and tweaking, pressing all the buttons, doing the things where you, you go and you, you make the graphics come up, which I don't understand. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. That's that's what I do. Push a lot of buttons. Hi, friends. You, you know, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. N- you're not. I, I that's know I'm pretty not. spot on. I know I'm not. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. Ooh, it's 922-22. Oh, some numbers are the same. Uh, 63 days until Thanksgiving. Happy, that's, uh, what, nine weeks. Nine weeks from today. Let's go. Nine weeks from yeah, today. Yeah, the family's Get coming up this tomorrow. weekend, so I'm having, like, a serious, like, hey, we gotta figure this out talk. Yeah. It's a tough day for birthdays, so I'll just say happy birthday to Joan Jett, who turns oh, 64. Nice. Happy birthday to Joan Jett. Also so, to our very own Amanda Atwell oh, and yeah. Chase Snyder. We oh, have yeah. two of them. We were supposed to have Amanda on the on the pre-show, mm-hmm. but she was like on a call and she's like, I'm business. doing business things. And I'm like, well, don't you have time to be on a nonsense t- internet show? The, for the pre-show. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday to Amanda and to our own Chase Snyder. Um, I think that's the second double up that we have because I think Rob and, uh, Rob and Gavin have the same birthday too. So we've got a couple of double headers on the DCTF. Do I have the only birthday is just me and Derek Jeter? On the 26th yeah, I of think June. so. I'm the only March 25th, so. Mm. It's just you and the Pope. I didn't pull that out of the, I don't know if it's Pope's birthday. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I've always, I think it would be cool to ride in the Pope mobile, but pope. I'm not the Pope, so it's. I don't think that's going to happen. Pope Francis' birthday. I don't think he could, pope I don't think he's Francis, Ubering. Ah, uh, December 17th. No oh. stuff. Uh, that's Power's anniversary, <laughs> which is How weird. You... <laughs> one, I'm really good with episode, dates. <laughs> whatever. Episode one thousand four hundred sixty-two. I'm pulling the ripcord. Right. Uh, on today's show, folks, big show today. Big preview show. Big mega super show. We're going to preview the top ten Texas high school football games of the week coming up here in a moment. Then we're going to be joined by the head coach of the four and zero Ganado Indians. First year coach Josh Irvin will join us, and I have an apology to make to Josh Irvin. <laughs> yes, you do. Coming up here in just a minute. Back half of the show, the picks, my high school football predictions for Week Five of Texas high school football season. We round it all out by trying to make you some money. 
Craven Betts over in Craven's Corner, where we make money, um, and, uh, and and see what he has to say about the college football um, investments, vested interests you could have this weekend. So all that coming up here all day long. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Daniel Agnew, Tony Blaylock, Just Chad, and Nick Morton. Welcome in, fellas and lady fellas. How... <laughs> If it helps, that was our producer, Brian Smith. <laughs> That's a new one. Like, I can't even get mad at your phone for being turned on That's loud. always my text my text ring. I don't think I ringtone. have ever heard that. It's always on silent. I've heard your Simpsons ringtone, but not your little car horn. That yeah, was I know. good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Amanda texted me, and she said something along the lines of, can't make it, I hate you, something like that. What was it? Oh, she said, I just finished. Anyway, sorry, Amanda, another time. Maybe tomorrow. Anyway. Pickle, 716 Texas high school football games scattered hither and yon across the state in week five of the 2022 Texas high school football season. And look, there are big games everywhere. And I do mean everywhere. Like every corner of the state has some bangers this week. Like I, I say that usually and usually I'm lying to you. That's not true. But I really mean it this week that there's just a ton of really good games in every region of the state. And so it's hard to narrow it down to the top 10 games of the week. But that's what we do here. We do the hard things. Yes. Without further ado, the top 10 Texas high school football games of the week. We will start in the middle with that big one. 7.30 p.m. Friday night from Austin. Live on TexanLive.com. Let's go. The number one team in the land. The Austin-Westlake Chaparrales, the three-time defending 6A champs, take on their arch rival, the Lake Travis Cavaliers. We talked about this with Craig Way a little bit on, th- on Tuesday. Tuesday. And about how... This game seems to have a little bit less punch, a little bit less buzz this year. I think a lot of it has to do with Lake Travis losing those first two games and probably the injury to Bo Edmondson pictured. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from what we understand, he is from what Craig reported, he said that he's starting to he's feeling better. We don't know if he's going to play. I think Caden Leone has actually acquitted himself pretty well as an assist as as the uh, the backup, and they're running the ball very well with Nico Hamilton. They are going into into the Hornets' nest though. Uh, what? Where do chaparrales live? In the chaparrales cove? Um, to uh, to I feel take, like yeah, maybe I don't know. Do they like dig a cave? Or something? Like a cave of some kind. Anyway, that's where they're going to take on Westlake, <laughs> and and Westlake looks pr- pretty invincible. Maybe outside of a couple of the very very top teams, but this game tends to provide. Uh, strange, strange. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Results. Strange, unexpected results. Uh, so we'll certainly keep our eye on it. There, uh, 7:30 p.m. tomorrow night in Austin, as Westlake and Lake Travis go to battle in the Battle of the Lakes live on TexanLive.com, where you can watch them. Let's bounce over to East Texas, 7:30 p.m. Friday night in Longview, the number one team in the uh, 5A Division One ranks, the Longview Lobos, take on the Lancaster Tigers. This game fascinates me. Mm-hmm. This this Lancaster team has been rolling. I mean, rolling, rolling. The way that they've been playing has been exceptional. Last week against McKinney North, they were basically unstoppable. And, you know, Matt Stepp made a great point on Tepp and Stepp. He said that this that that essentially their coach Leon Paul scheduled the game at Denton Geyer to really like get them ready for the game at Longview mm-hmm. to go on the road. And 
And look, you know, Denton Geyer's a top five 6A team, right? They're a really good 6A team. Um, and they put up a crooked number, right? Put up like 43 points offensively on them. Uh, Longview is rolling right now. New Alabama commit Jalen Hale at the wide receiver spot. Running back Taylor Tatum. Of course, I think quarterback Jordan Allen has stepped up in a big way. And I think their defense is playing very well. This is a different test for Lancaster. We've heard some people from Lancaster who are mad they're not ranked. I'll tell you what. You guys beat Longview. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Then well, you'll be ranked. The one thing I will be interested to see from the Longview perspective is I don't think that Jalen Hale has to play many people that can match his speed mm-hmm. super well. Mm-hmm. And and if anyone has the defensive backs to be able to at least keep up with him, I think it would be Lancaster. Totally agree. I agree with you. It's, it's a fascinating game. Excited to see it at 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night in Longview. Let's bounce to Saturday. 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon in Missouri City, the Mo City. Live on TexanLive.com. Yeah. The Fort Ben Marshall Buffaloes, number three in 5A Division II, open district play with the number 10 team in 5A Division II, the Port Natchez Groves Indians in a really interesting matchup for a number of reasons. One, you know, uh, uh, Port Ben, both these teams have a loss. Uh, Fort Ben Marshall has that loss at Crosby in overtime. And then PNG has a loss uh, in the opener to Port Arthur Memorial. But both have looked significantly better since then. Uh, you know, uh, Fort Ben Marshall last week went on the road to a 6A team and beat Aleph Taylor 47 nothing. right? PNG, I think, has really gotten their offense going uh, with Coach Jeff Joseph. The other thing that's interesting about this, this is Fort Ben Marshall's first interesting district game in forever years. Because you remember in the last realignment, and maybe the realignment before that, they were in a mostly Houston ISD district where they were just rolling, crushing fools. I mean, crushing them. Yeah, we really didn't get any pulse on them until like the area round of the playoffs. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And then last last year, you kind of saw it. They go Mm 10-0 and they roll in the first round of the playoffs and lose to Barbers Hill. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to be a real test for them. How far has this PNG offense come? Because this Fort Bend Marshall defense is playing very, very well. And then can this Fort Bend Marshall offense get out of first gear? That's the big question for me. Can the Marshall offense get out of first gear against PNG? Well, and they're going to have to deal with some size, I think, like mm-hmm. size and guys that like to hit that, mm-hmm. that Marshall's not used to dealing with. Mm-hmm. So that offensive, like the, the game in the trenches will be interesting. Yeah. 7 o'clock Friday in DeSoto. A top 25 matchup in Class 6A is the number 12 DeSoto Eagles. Welcome in the number 23 Waxahachie Indians. The fun here is how chippy this was last year mm-hmm. and how chippy it has been for the past couple of years. These two teams don't like each other. No. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of bad blood here between these two games. And I'm very excited to see how it all ends up playing out because this is a DeSoto team that you know, DeSoto, Waxahachie looks like the new up-and-coming program, mm-hmm. right, in 6A. Uh, and they get their chance at, you know, in a lot of ways, team that's established. Uh, Waxahachie's been rolling offensively. They've been fantastic. Roger Hartsfield Jr., uh, their quarterback, they, they drilled uh, Walk, uh, Cedar Hill last week. DeSoto had no problem with Dallas Skyline last week. DJ Bailey, their quarterback, has been very, very strong. Um, a lot of this comes down to quarterback play, and a lot of this, I think, comes down to who holds their nerve, who holds the, um, who holds their, um, you know, the, their discipline. Because yep. there's going to be chirping on this game. There's these are two teams that do not like each other. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
I think at home, if this game one walks Hatchie, I might lean towards walks Hatchie, but I think at home, I think I like DeSoto. If you are interested in like defensive, like just watching defenses operate, man, you will not find a better matchup of secondaries than you will in this one. They have, mm-hmm. I mean, those are two elite secondaries, not only in the DFW, but really across the state. I, yeah. That'll be incredible. That's the part, that's where my eyes go on this game. Yeah, I think that you're exactly right. That's a really fascinating matchup there. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Westbrook. I'm tired of putting Westbrook on this graphic too, guys. <laughs> but they scheduled like a crazy person. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Westbrook. The number one team in 1A Division One, the Westbrook Wildcats, welcome the number nine team in 1A Division One, the Garden City Bearcats. So let's run through what Westbrook's done this year, okay? They beat Happy. Happy's currently ranked number sixth. Sixth in 181. They beat Jonesboro, present ranked number four in 181. They beat Rankin, presently ranked number five in, in D1. Then they play Spur. That's the worst team they've played so far. And by the way, they beat them by 50. And then tonight, they play the number nine team. Or tomorrow night, they play the number nine team in the state in their non-district finale. Um, so we'll know all about Westbrook. And and I got to be honest. If they win this game, and, 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 and I tend to think that they're going to be favored. If they win this game... I don't know if there's anybody stopping them. I no, mean, now, at that point, who haven't now they, they haven't played? played. They haven't played Abbott and May, who are two and three. But that's like okay, like Alabama. You haven't played Georgia and Ohio State, but you've crushed. You know, everyone. Uh, you know who's number four? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma. Like yep. You beat Oklahoma, and then you beat you know some other uh, Penn State. I don't know. I'm picking a team at random. This is a ridiculous schedule, and one of the toughest non-district schedules we've ever seen. Now, Garden City's no slouch. They had the one loss last week. Come off a loss at May, but that is the number two team in 1A Division One. That probably doesn't bode well going on the road to Westbrook, but Garden City will certainly be tested. A lot of this comes down to whether or not the defense can stand up for, for, for May, or I'm sorry, for, for Garden City, because this, this Westbrook offense with Cedric Ware has been exceptional. I also Huge think that they have, um, they have fairly... <laughs> depth is used lightly here because it's 1A Division One, but I do think out of uh, 1A programs, they do have the depth to be able to make it far yes. like you don't you're not biting your teeth going if one person goes down this whole season is they shot. are they are deep by small by 1a standards yes correct exactly right. huge game out there in garden city can westbrook finish off one of the most remarkable non-district runs ever seven o'clock friday night in dumas a 3a versus 4a matchup between the bushland falcons and the dumas demons and I'm not sure if anybody's really paying attention to Bushland, but I think this team's really good. Uh, Dawson Jaco, their quarterback, has stepped up in a huge way. He, I think he was their JV guy last year, and he stepped up in a huge way. Their pass rushes have been really good. They have been rolling past people. And you remember, this is the team that beat Canadian, and this is the team that followed that up with a win over Childress. Um, they have been offensively a juggernaut, and the defense has been very good as well. Now they go on the road to Dumas. Dumas had a week one loss to Lubbock Cooper, but since then has been very strong. Um and they are a their defense has been particularly excellent. And the other thing about this is that Dumas is a four eighty one team. So they're punching up two divisions and to continue to put ants onto this. They are notoriously unwelcoming to visitors. Mm-hmm. Demon Stadium is very difficult to play in. So I'm very interested to see how Bushland goes up there and, and, and handles this. Because, again, look at 3A Division One Region 1. We thought it was Brock and a runaway. Yes. We obviously have questions about Brock. Mm-hmm. Right? If that opens up, is Bushland next up? That's what's so interesting. How about tonight? 7 o'clock tonight in FAR. 
so jealous of Matthew. Edinburgh Vale takes on PSJA North in one of the biggest games in the Rio Grande Valley in a minute. These are the two best teams in five in in the, in the RGV, in my opinion. These are the two best teams, certainly in five A Division One in in the RGV. And the winner of this game, I think, takes the mantle of the representative of the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. We've been talking all year about how we think that five A Division One Region Four is there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Enberg Vela has been spectacular all year long. Can they continue it against a sturdy PSJA North team that's going to run the ball and play great defense? Can And then can PSJA North make a couple of throws? They're not a throwing team, but they are better at it. Alejandro Aparicio has to be great in this game. Massive atmosphere down there. This is the game of the week in the Valley. This is one of the biggest games in the state. And I'll tell you this. I, I mentioned this on Tep and Step. I think style points matter here. I think if Vela goes out there and crushes PSJA North, which they're there's a chance they do. If they do that, that's gonna that's gonna turn heads not just in the valley, but in like Longview. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that in my mind solidifies to everyone else that hasn't seen them play. Hey, we're not just a good team for valley standards. Yeah. We can compete with anyone in the state at our level right now. Spot on. I think you're exactly right. How about seven o'clock Friday night? I think a game flying on the radar somehow. Yes. Seven o'clock Friday night. In Stephenville, the number one team in 4A Division One, the Stephenville Yellow Jackets, welcoming the number five team in 5A Division Two, the Wichita Falls Rider Raiders. Wichita Falls coming off their first loss of the year last last week against uh, Lubbock Cooper. I took, I put, I put absolutely no stock in that result because it was, a it was 17-14. Yeah. Um, and by the way, they were punching up a division to 5A Division One. And the other thing about them is that that they've played each other nine times in five, four and a half years. Yeah. So it's like I don't, I don't like they know each other so well. It's like we're we're reaching the point of like diminishing returns mm-hmm. here on what we can learn about that. Now, I do want to see if this Wichita Falls Rider offense can get out of first gear because that's they've kind of been stuck there offensively, kind of in that twenty-eight to thirty range. They're going to need to score some points against Stephenville. Now Stephenville's undefeated. Okay. But Stephenville has been playing with fire, yes. okay? At Midlothian Heritage to open, they won by seven. Mm-hmm. At Everman in the week two, they had to win on the final play, 62-61. At Abilene Wiley last week, they won by a touchdown. They're playing with fire, and I have questions about their defense. Mm-hmm. Big questions. They were, they're giving up like 46 points a game defensively, guys. Which is not something we were saying last year. No. Their defense has been pretty poor. Also, from what I understand, quarterback Ryder Lambert has been nicked up. So we yes. don't know if he's going to play in this game. A lot to find out in this one about the long-term projection of Stephenville and can Ryder get their wheels back off after the first loss. Yeah, I don't think that he has pl- I don't think Ryder Lambert has played since that Everman game. Mm-hmm. So that'll that'll be interesting because if they don't have him, that which I that Wichita Falls Ryder front is massive. Like they always have big guys, but this year I mean, they're they're beefed up. By the way, Next week, I'm just looking ahead. Next week, Stephenville and Brownwood. I mean, big rivalry game, obviously. But, like... That's good. Keep an eye on that one. Anyway, 7.30 p.m. Friday night from Ganado. About to talk with their coach. The Ganado Indians take on... The uh, take on the number four team in the uh, or number four team in two A Division One, the Shiner Comanches in a district opener. Uh, fascinating matchup here. We're going to talk with their head coach Josh Irvin coming up in a moment. They're off to a fantastic start. First two and zero start, four and zero start, I believe, since two thousand and eleven. Um, and first year coach Josh Irvin has been at the helm of that. They're a team that has been very strong to start the year, thanks in large part uh, to what has been a pretty spectacular defense. Their defense has been very strong. 
strong to start the year. And, you know, make no mistake, their offense has been very good as well, but their defense, I think, has really been what stood out. They're going to need to be great taking on Shiner and, and Dalton Brooks, who looks like they've shaken off that week one loss to uh, Hallisville pretty pretty successfully. Mm-hmm. They look like they are looking the part of that state championship contender once again, but a huge District 15 2A Division one opener tonight between Shiner and Ganado. And finally, 7 o'clock Friday night in Wellington. The number four team in 2A Division two, the Wellington Skyrockets, welcome in the Panthers of Panhandle, another team that maybe you're not paying attention to, but at 4-0, you need to start. This team has been excellent offensively. Landon Hack, their quarterback, has been spectacular. But the difference this year in this Panhandle team is that they're actually playing some defense, Mm -hmm. which has kind of been their bugaboo the last couple of years. Wellington's interesting. So, so by the way, this is a two A Division one Panhandle against two A Division two Wellington. Wellington's interesting because their offense is not much to write home about, but their defense has been excellent. This is a pure strength on strength matchup here, and a good test of how far the Panhandle defense has come. A lot to learn from this one, Wellington and Panhandle up there uh, tomorrow night in Wellington. So there you go. That That's- one will either be pointsy or very low scoring. I, also, I don't think that there's I don't think that there's a middle ground there. I think you're right. If it's pointsy, Panhandle's got the big advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Because I just don't know if Wellington, Wellington can score got, enough to go back it's not gonna be a tennis match. It'll right. end up just being panhandle going. I don't know if they have the, the firepower to go back. But yeah, it's it's either way. There's no middle ground. <laughs> anyway, there it is. Your top ten Texas High Football games of the week for week five. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Hey, Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the North Texas Honda dealers, we have an opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Congratulations to Brian Glass at Paris High School on being the recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda dealers. Thank you for being helpful in your community. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Congratulations again to Brian Glass of Paris High School recipient of the Community Helper Appreciation Award presented by North Texas Honda Dealers. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support. VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR now. Again, that's info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. 
Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage, and every parent wants their child to be the best. But is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There's so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, much more. It's a 22-page guide that covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. And now, for a limited time only, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Go to athletestoathletes.com slash Dave Campbell today. Download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletestoathletes.com athletestoathletes.com slash Dave Campbell or scan that QR. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's welcome in the head coach of the 4-0 Ganado Indians. We Pleased to be joined by Coach Josh Irvin. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm excellent. How are things in beautiful Ganado, Texas? Uh, they're great. Uh, weather outside is great today, and just getting ready to go play some uh, sub varsity football tonight in Shining. Now that sounds like a that sounds like a time. I'm telling you, big big doings down there. Um, let me ask you about this four and start. You guys are off to a four and start for the first time in in quite a while, uh, about a decade. Um, from your perspective, kind of starting whenever you were you were looking at the schedule and looking at your team, did you did you anticipate being four and zero at this moment? Yes, sir. So we actually did. Um, we did anticipate it. The kids set out a goal to uh, go undefeated pre district, and and they went out and achieved it. Uh, you know, one of the big reasons you guys have been so successful to start the year is is your defense. This defense has been very strong, going up against some you know some relatively high powered attacks and, and holding them in check. From your perspective, what has been the real key for you guys defensively to be off to this hot start? So, the biggest key, I think, um, we we hired new coaches mm-hmm. um, that plan and 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 the kids they're executing it to perfection. Um, the physicality this year is better than it has been, uh, and they're just flying around to the football, having fun doing it. Uh, you know, you're a guy who's uh, you were promoted from the offensive coordinator position, um, to, you know, in the off season to take over as if your first head coaching job. Um, you know, you're you're four games in, and you're I suppose about nine months in to the new gig. Um, what do you you know you've been around the program and and you've been an assistant coach for 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 a minute but what do you know now about this job um and being the head football coach that maybe you didn't know uh when you took the job back in january it's definitely uh never ending there's always something new um which makes it a lot of fun but uh i mean a big part of it I'm blessed to be here in Ganeda. I truly am. We have great kids, great community, great coaching staff, um, great administration, great teachers, uh, and and it, it just it's a blessing every day to come to work um, and get to work with everyone. Talking with Josh Irvin, the head coach of the Ganado Indians here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. All right, Coach, you know, one guy that I certainly want to ask you about is is your QB1, Kyle Burris Guerrero, who has been uh, really strong to start the year. He's a name that we knew, you know, last year, a guy that we've we've known as, has been a playmaker, uh, you know, for, for the course of his, his high school football career, now a senior. Um, you know, the numbers are impressive. The film is impressive. Uh, but as the guy who's been his offense coordinator and as the guy who is now his head coach and who's seen him kind of grow what is it about your qb1 that really that really sets him apart the biggest thing is leadership leadership work ethic um his winning mentality uh it's 
it's been really, really cool to see him progress from his eighth grade year when I first got here to now as a senior. Um, everything that he's accomplished and, and the way that he's matured over the years, uh, both athletically um, and then academically and, and, and mentally as well. It's just, it's been fun to watch him mature. Uh, you know, you, we, we mentioned Burris Guerrero, and yet at the same time, you know, he's a senior and he's obviously so important to what you guys do. And yet, I look up and down your roster, and you've got a lot of youngsters. A lot. A lot. I mean, you're you're rolling some freshmen out there. Your leading receiver, uh, you know, uh, 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 Kane Hayden is a sophomore. Uh, you know, your your second lead, your non Burris Guerrero leading rusher, uh, you know, and Vince Sabaltura is a uh, is is a junior. Have these guys? Have these young guys exceeded your expectations to start the year? <laughs> No, sir. I don't think they've exceeded my expectations. Um, they're doing exactly kind of what we what we thought that they were going to do. Um, we've been with them since since they were seventh graders. Uh, they have a lot of talent. It's it's a really good class. That sophomore class. Uh, there's some juniors too, and and there's even some freshmen that are uh, making a big impact on the varsity level this year. Uh, it's Ganado has great kids right now, all the way through, even down in the junior high. Um, there's going to be kids next year that I think make an impact at the varsity level that are going to be coming up as freshmen next year. Uh, they they get after it and and they believe and it's kind of our program's mentality is that it doesn't matter how big fast strong you are or what your age is if if you can play you're going to go out there and be able to play um and help uh, help our team win on friday nights uh josh Irvin, the head coach of uh Ganado here on texas football today can involve the conversation hashtag tf today uh, all right coach i want to go back uh, a couple of weeks and i want to go back to the win you guys had um on the road, I believe it was on the road. Let me make sure I got this right. Um, against against East Bernard, um, this was a obviously this is an East Bernard team that you guys are pretty familiar with. You play them uh, pretty regularly. Um, I'm sorry, this game was was at home for for you guys, and you guys were able to snap a, a four game losing streak to these guys. They kind of had your number the past couple of years. They're bigger than you guys, and yet you guys were able to go out there and get the get the win uh, in in a narrow in a narrow way. What what was the what was the kind of feeling around the, the the program around the locker room after that win was that was that a kind of an inflection point for for the for the team so far this year yes sir i definitely think there was a lot of uh, a lot of positivity after the after the game there's been kids that haven't had success against that program in the past and and we know it's a new team right it's 2022 mm-hmm. it's not 2021 or 2020 or 2019 or or any of those years past it's a brand new year but but seeing them have success for the first time in a long time against them and uh, just everything that we've been preaching and everything that they've been working for them them realizing uh the the after effect of it and, and coming out with a positive result it was uh is a big part of it. And then the adversity that they fought through during the game. We uh, we had the lead. We fumbled and in the first half. They took the lead going into halftime, but the kids fought their way back. And it was a great second half. Uh, it, was, it was a great game. Great game by East Bernard. Great game by our kids. And, and it's something that we'll never forget. Uh, tomorrow night, um, you guys uh, certainly get uh, a, quite a district opener. Uh, the number four team in the state, uh, the Shiner Comanches, the def- two-time defending state champs, roll into town, roll into Indian Stadium uh, there at 7.30 p.m. there on, on East Devers Avenue um, in Ganado. Uh, I don't. I know you've been game planning. I know you've been in the lab putting together to, to, the perfect plan to, cut, to, to stop the Comanches. I don't want to ask you to give it away here, but at the same time, whenever you look at what you're up against next uh, tomorrow, what do you think are going to be the keys for you guys to, to, to get the win? Uh, the keys is all going to start defensively, and and that's kind of our our mantra. I think that probably everyone playing Texas high school football or high school football in general, you you got to be able to stop the run. They have a great running back. Uh, 
a couple great running backs. They have a great quarterback that runs also. Um, so we're going to have to be able to stop them um, from breaking away on long plays. And then offensively, we just got to we just got to stay on the field and keep the ball moving. Um, we're excited about the challenge and the opportunity that we're going to be presented with tomorrow, and uh, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, one last question for Josh Irvin, uh, the head coach at Ganado here on Texas Football Today. Coach, I'm holding – I've been with Dave Campbell's Texas Football since 2011. That's when I joined here. And so my first magazine was the 2011 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, this one right here uh, featuring uh, Jonathan Gray and Cyrus Gray. I'm just going to pick – Yes, flip to a random page here, um, because because you're, you're a young man, correct? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. You're, you're 28. You're 28. You you got your your head coaching job there at, at uh, on your birthday back in January, and yes, sir. and so I'm turning to page 259. I've got the Bay City Black Cats here, and uh, and and other prospects were listing quarterback Joshua Irvin, I R V I N, um, and so. Coach, on behalf of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Really just you. I would <laughs> I was not the managing editor at the time. I was an assistant editor. I would like to apologize for misspelling your name in the magazine <laughs> eleven years ago. Oh, it's it, it's all good. It's all good. It uh it it actually happens more more frequently more frequently than you'd think. Um but it's all good. Did we get it right when we listed him as the coach this year? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I didn't even check. I, we better have. If we didn't, Steph <laughs> is supposed to be fact-checking that. So I can blame Matt Steph if we didn't, but I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain we did. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I saw that because I, I, I was doing some research before this, and I, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He I, looks I, I straight to... at me, and he goes, oh, my God, we spelt it wrong. I have to. I have to. And this is – and and because there are times, you know, you know, we don't get a, a ton of coaches under 30 here. And so at the same time, I don't have an opportunity to, to apologize to coaches for things that I'm theoretically responsible for so i'm sorry coach and and i I hope that you and you and your family can forgive me oh yes sir nice It's nothing but a thing. Ain't nothing big at all. <laughs> He's Josh Irvin. He's the head coach of the Ganado Indians. They welcome in the number four Shiner Comanches uh, tomorrow night there in Ganado, 7.30 p.m. Coach, appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the fantastic start, and uh, go get them tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. There goes Josh Irvin, head coach. E-R-V-I-N. Head <laughs> Not coach, to be confused with I-R-V-I-N. Because <laughs> I, I knew he was a young man, mm-hmm. and um, and he got hired yeah, got hired on his 28th birthday back in January. That's awesome. And, um, and I was like, man, so I bet I covered him. I bet I covered him. So I looked it up. So I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, that was a true story when he literally, he's flipping through, and I know that he's looking for something. So I look up, and he's standing right in front of my desk, and I was like, okay. And he just looks at me, and I was like, oh, God, what is it? And he was like, we spelled coach's name wrong. <laughs> I was like, 11 oh, years no. ago. 11 years ago, we spelled his name wrong. It's funny how those things, those are the things that come back to haunt you. <laughs> like, you never, you never would have thought anything about him. That's on, 11 you know years what? Ago. You know what? That's on managing editor Travis Stewart. I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm put it on sorry, him. but Travis, it is what it is. that's you. Eleven years from now, someone will be looking back and going, oh, "That's no. on managing editor that's Craig on, Tepper." That's on Tepper. That's the, the Tepper era. Everything <laughs> fell apart. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate Josh Irvin hopping on with us. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/DaveCampbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/DaveCampbell, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Can we do this? I think we'll save it for tomorrow. We're going to save it for tomorrow. So, without further ado, let's continue on to the next thing on the rundown, which is the picks. My high school football predictions for week five of the 2022 Texas high school football season. And look, big games everywhere. We mentioned it. We talked a lot about them in the top ten games of the week. Um, And with district play 
these things meet, it just means more mm-hmm. to coin a phrase. Yep. So a lot to get to. A big week of Texas high school football ahead. Here are my predictions for week five of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. Rivalry matchups, district showdowns, and state-ranked slugfests on deck in week five of the Texas high school football season. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to the Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're into week five of the 2022 Texas high school football season, and things are starting to heat up a little bit, right? You can take a look at the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings and see that there's been some shifting, uh, some new number ones out there in different classifications, and there's been some surprises to start the year. But now we're entering kind of a different season. We're entering district season where the games actually matter. So if you're 4-0, that's great. May not mean anything. If you're 0-4, terrible. May not mean anything. Everything is kind of wiped clean here as we enter district play. And there's big districts everywhere across the state that are starting this week. That's what makes week five so much fun. Not to mention rivalry matchups. It's a whole thing here in week five. We're very excited about it. Huge games everywhere you look. We start in the Rio Grande Valley. 7 o'clock Thursday night at PSJA Stadium in FAR. It's the biggest game in the Rio Grande Valley yet this season as the Edinburgh Vela Sabercats take on the PSJA North Raiders. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, the Sabercats big plays. This is a high flying Edinburgh Vela offense. My goodness, do they have weapons everywhere that you look. Demas DeLeon was fantastic last week. Uh, they've got guys like Jamal Pauly who is uh, capable of taking it to the house every single time. I love this receiver, Carlos Thomas. They have playmakers everywhere. Not to mention last week against McAllen Memorial, they scored three special team touchdowns. So they can score pretty much anytime they touch the ball. They're going up against a very sturdy PSJA North defense led by guys like Steven Garza and Daniel Garcia. This is a defense that is very sound and they tackle extremely well. That's going to be critical in this one for a, against a team in Vela that if you give them an inch, they can take a mile. So can the PSJA North defense bottle up Vela or will the Sabercats hit some home runs? Key number two, the Raiders up front. This is a run first PSJA North offense. It's not to say they can't throw and in fact I think they're a lot better throwing the ball this year than in past years thanks in large part to participating in seven on seven in the offseason but they want to keep the ball on the ground and when you got an offensive line like they do there's no reason why you shouldn't do that. They are massive up front led by Dante Garcia and Joe Derek Vecchio. This offense line averages 285 pounds up front. Yeah, they are big and they are mean, pushing people around. They're going up against an Edinburgh Vela defense that is a little bit smallish on the smaller side, certainly smaller than PSJ North's offensive line, but they're very fast, led by Julian Guevara. So, can the speed of Edinburgh Vela's defense mitigate the size advantage that PSJ North is going to have up front? And key number three, the big picture. We've been saying it all year long that this is a real opportunity for a team from the Rio Grande Valley to make a deep playoff run. And by a deep playoff run, I mean state semifinal, if you want to dream, maybe Arlington, right? It's there for the taking specifically in 5A Division I Region 4. And both PSJA North and Edinburgh Vale have looked the part. They've looked like teams that can make that deep playoff run. Well, now they collide. And this is a huge game in a on a big stage in a big spotlight with kind of the whole state watching because I think people in 5A Division 1 want to know are these teams for real? 
are these teams actual bona fide certified state championship contenders? Because it's been a while since we've had one from the Rio Grande Valley. There's a lot on the line here because the winner of this game, I think, starts to carry the flag for the entire Rio Grande Valley and an opportunity to make some history in the RGV. So with everything on the line in that sense, who steps up? Who am I picking? I'm going with Edinburgh Vela. I think that this is the team that can make that deep run in the playoffs, thanks in large part to what has been a spectacular offense. This team has weapons everywhere. They are a home run hitting team. They are very explosive, got a great offensive line. And not to mention, I think their defense is very strong as well. Even though it's a little small on the smaller side, their defense flies around and makes plays. For me, PSJ North's path to victory here runs through junior quarterback Alejandro Aparicio. This is a guy who's a dual threat and needs to take care of the football whenever he's asked to throw the ball. You know, he's going to be a distributor back there. He has got to play his best game yet. In a lot of ways, this game comes down to how well Edinburgh Vela matches up up front on the defensive side and whether or not PSJA North can contain the playmakers for Vela. In the end, I like Vela. I think that this offense is humming. I think the defense makes a couple of plays. I think that Edinburgh Vela gets an important district win. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Chaparral Stadium in Austin. It's the Battle of the Lakes as Austin Westlake and Lake Travis renew their rivalry. And is it just me or does this year's edition of the Battle of the Lakes have a little less buzz than past years? Part of it, I think, has to be the fact that Lake Travis has two losses, started the year two and two, uh, and they're unranked right now, which is really rare for a program like Lake Travis. Now, I think they've gotten their wheels back on the past couple of weeks. They've run the ball really well with Nico Hamilton. I think the backup quarterback, Caden Leone, has really stepped up in a nice way. But they're going up against this Westlake team that looks like a machine. After kind of a rough first half of the first game against Fort Bend Ridgepoint, they've figured everything out. The offensive line led by TJ Shanahan has been great. Jaden Greathouse is starting to cook there at the wide receiver position. Uh, they've got, of course, got that fantastic defense led by Colton Bosak. That, to me, is where the difference is. I think that the defensive front for Westlake is just going to be too much for Lake Travis to handle. Uh, you know, the, the fun thing about this rivalry, though, is that whenever you feel like you have a beat on it, that's when it usually has the big upset. So it wouldn't be a surprise, you know, historically, if Lake Travis were to beat Westlake, but it feels like the Chaparral's to lose in this one, especially at home. Give me Westlake. Let's go to the Panhandle. 7 o'clock Friday night at Demon Stadium in Dumas as the Bushland Falcons visit the Dumas Demons in an interesting 3A versus 4A clash. So Bushland is a team that we need to start paying attention to. There was a headline in the Amarillo Globe News this past week, I'm going to paraphrase here, that said it's time to start thinking about how far Bushland can go. And that's exactly right. This team is 4-0 and rolling right now. Of course, they have that win over Canadian a couple of weeks ago. Quarterback Dawson Jaco is the real stinking deal. This kid is awesome. He's a lot of fun to watch. Their defense, especially up front, has been very strong. And now that Region 1 of 3A Division 1 feels perhaps more in doubt, right? Maybe Bushland can be the team to take advantage of that. But now they've got a big test, punching up two divisions to take on a very sound Dumas team. Uh, this is a team that has looked exceptional to start the year. They shook off an early loss uh, to Lubbock Cooper, but since then they've been very strong. The defense has pretty, been pretty consistently strong, and they've got an individual playmaker in Emmanuel Ibanez who is capable of taking over this game. The other thing here is that I think that punching up a classification is tough 
and playing at Dumas is not very easy. This is uh, Demon Stadium gets rocking on a Friday night. It's going to be a tough atmosphere for Bushland. I give Dumas the edge here, but I think we can learn a lot about both these squads from this matchup. And 7 o'clock Friday night at Wilkerson Sanders Stadium in Rockwall. It is a rivalry renewed as the Rockwall Yellow Jackets take on the Rockwall Heath Hawks. And do you remember how this game went last year? Uh, the 79-71 in double overtime ring a bell? Yeah, remember this is a game that featured a Hail Mary on the final play of regulation to force overtime and then Heath winning the game in double overtime. It was a spectacular finish there uh, between two teams that uh, do not care for one another out there in Rockwall County. These two teams that are kind of reinventing themselves. You know, Rockwall is turning to Lake Bennett, their quarterback who is kind of back from injury, now starting to roar a little bit. He's got a big-time wide receiver on the outside in Noble Johnson. Going up against a Heath team that's running the ball a little bit more with Malachi Tuesno. They also have a new quarterback in Caleb Hoover who's been very strong. Look, this is going to be a shootout. Uh, these two teams know each other really well, and they dial up a lot here in this district opener specifically to win this game. I think it's going going to be a lot of fun out there in Wilkerson Sanders Stadium. I give Rockwall the very slight edge because of it and better defense. But those are far from the only big games in week five of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Burton over Fall City. Goliad gets by Vanderbilt Industrial and in a battle of unbeatens in Austin. I like Dripping Springs over Bowie. I'm going with Wink over Water Valley. Cushing takes down Colmes Neal. And give me Killeen Harker Heights over Pflugerville Weiss. I like Fort Bend Marshall over Port Natchez Grove. Seminole gets by Pecos. And Stephenville stays perfect with a win over Wichita Falls Rider. I like Smithson Valley to take down New Braunfels Canyon. I think Brownfield beats Littlefield in a battle of surprise unbeatens. And give me Albany to bounce back with a win over Comanche. Newly ranked Granger beats Bruni. Newly ranked Brownwood beats Waco Connolly. And in a critical district showdown, I like El over Navasota. I'm picking Wimberley to beat Lampasas. Wichita Falls beats Iowa Park and College Station beats Leander. Big district showdowns here. I like Shiner to beat Ganado. Give me DeSoto just barely over Waxahachie and Corpus Christi Miller beats unbeaten Corpus Christi Ray. Forney handles Lufkin. Give me Longview over Lancaster and Texas High takes down Hallsville. I like Silsby to beat West Orange Stark in a district opener. Give me Chilton to beat Deweyville and El Paso Eastwood beats El Paso El Dorado. Spring Westfield beats rivals spring. I'm going with Bernie to take down Salado. And in one of the most surprising matchups of unbeatens in week five, I like Savinal over Charlotte. I'm going with Klein Collins over Klein Oak. Give me Wellington to take down Panhandle. And it's hell week in Amarillo. I like Tascosa over Amarillo High. I'm going with Canyon to stay perfect with a win over Midland Greenwood. Give me Alice over Laferia. And I think Midland Legacy bounces back with a win over Converse Judson. In San Antonio, I like Alamo Heights over Burbank. Give me Shallow Water to take down Idaloo. And I like the Rohawks of Randolph over Marion. Abernathy gets by Muleshoe. Give me Lovejoy to take down Denison and Bells takes down Callisburg. I'm going with Graham over Mineral Wells and in our six-man game of the week, I like Jayton over Silverton. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week five of the Texas high school football season. We'll see yeah. Craven Bats, your weekly financial advice uh, segment here. 
on Texas Football Today with your financial advisor, Mike Craven, College Football Insider here in Craven's Corner, because on this corner, we make money. How did we do last week? Three and one last week, five, eight and five overall in the year, so we're playing with uh, the book's money. So All right, right let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's spend their money. Um, and it's a it's an interesting week of games. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of narrative in, in mm-hmm. this week's games, and I think that's that's going to be kind of hard to parse, but could also offer some value out there. Yeah, three interstate games. You know, Houston Rice, Texas, Texas Tech, SMU, TCU. So, you know, Baylor goes to Iowa State. Kind of figure that out. Big Twelve starts uh, conference play. So we're kind of getting to the meat of the schedule here. The last warm up for a lot of teams. The first conference play for a few others. And there's money to be made. Where are we starting? Let's make some money. We're going to start off in the Conference USA ranks here, UTEP, Boise State. You're going to take the under on 45 and a half points. I, I like your explanation on this. I feel like this is my lock of the week. I have Ooh. no. I have no. We need a tr- stupid. We need a stupid graphic. Don't give me PTSD. Or anything. Uh, um, I don't. I can't. I can't risk any money on UTEP scoring more than 10 points. It's a great point. And I don't see Boise State being the type of team that like wins 52 to zero, you know. And so like if this is a 35 to seven type game, we, we win this one pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just for me this is betting against UTEP's offense and then hoping that Boise State doesn't need to kill them. Yeah, and or that they're not capable of killing. Them, right. You know what I mean? Which right. Either run team, yeah. ball control, like they're not an explosive offense, yeah. right? So I feel like this is like a 31 to seven type game. Yeah, uh, this could be true. Uh, that is Mike Craven's lock of the week. Chong chong. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll work on the that. Law and Order music. Yeah, out. exactly. We're gonna get to. We're gonna. I'm we're glad gonna, someone got that. We're gonna work on that graphic for next week. What's next, Pickle? Up next, the Battle of the Iron Skillet. I believe you and Mallory both will be in attendance for this. But you're you like SMU plus two against TCU. I do. TCU didn't play last week. They had like a random weird early idol week, and I I don't think that helps their cause at all. You know, they've mm. only played two games under this new coaching staff. They've changed offenses completely, defenses completely. I know they look looked good in week two against an FCS team, but if we go back to week one against Colorado, they were really bad in the first half, struggled to score points. SMU lost to Maryland last week, but they scored plenty of points doing it. Tanner Mordecai had a few turnovers. I bet he cleans that up. And for TCU, this has to feel like more pressure for them mm-hmm. than it does for SMU. SMU's won two times in a row. Everybody on that, that team knows Sonny Dykes and what he's doing. And I think he can play with house money there at SMU. If you're TCU, this feels like a game you have to win under yes. a new coaching staff, or it, it's going to get kind of ugly and it's scenes. at SMU, correct? It oh, is. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Sold out. It's going to be sold out, too. Uh, I would say that this is, for, you know, for SMU... For Rhett Lashley, if you want to in, if you want to ingratiate yourself to the SMU fans, fans, and you want to become the, like this is the one you got it. And so I think they're going to empty the bag. I think they're going to throw everything they've got at them. Uh, and yeah, I SMU plus two feels like the play here. Um, it does feel close, regardless. Oh yeah, um, it because, should be a good game because on paper TCU's the better team. Yeah, you know what I mean. But SMU's got a lot of those external factors that are going to be in there. Uh, and the better quarterback. And the better quarterback. That is not. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty clear. Although so more guys got to take care of the football. Yep. Did not have like. What's next? Um, a game I think you you will also be at. We're double dipping because it'll be played at Jerry World A&M and Arkansas. You're taking the under on um, and a half here. I'm sensing a trend. Yeah, this we're fading bad off. We offenses. are not hashtag pointsy this week. Right. No. <laughs> we are we are going. I don't see how A&M scores 28 points. 
You know, and like, yeah. I saw Arkansas play last week, and they didn't look very good either. You know, this feels like a, a defensive, like run the ball, time of possession, field position type game that's that's really close, 21-20, maybe in the the second half, fourth quarter type of deal. Um, so I I just don't have any trust in that A&M offense. I was there last week when they played against Miami. I know they they won that game, but they only scored 17 points and they had the ball a lot. So uh, for me, until A&M proves that it can score 30 points a game, I'm I'm gonna take the under. We talked about this on TFT yesterday or on on Wednesday or Tuesday rather, that this is, this A&M offense, I think, are there areas that they can grow? Yes, but I think that they kind of are what they are at this point. Like, I think we have enough of a sample size. Even, like, Max Johnson coming in is not going to save the offense. Like, he's going to go out there and maybe he'll just take care of the football a little bit more. But overall, like, this is this offense is what it is, and they're not going to score more than about 28 points a game. Yeah, I mean, Haynes won that job because he offered them explosive plays mm-hmm. that Max Johnson doesn't. Yeah. And so if you're already struggling to get explosive plays with Haynes in there, and then you take away the guy that gets you that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a, a dink and dunk, run the football, play good defense type of old school A&M team for the rest of the year because there's just no way you can fix it in the middle of the season. I saw it, it A&M minus three, something like that. Yeah, I think it's down to one and a half. Down to one and a half. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a, that's an odd that's an odd game. I mean, I'm leaning towards Arkansas. I am too. I'm leaning towards Arkansas. Well, it's always a weird game. I was just gonna say it's always a weird game. Like regardless of any circumstance, it's our ver- it's always it's our version of Iowa Iowa State. Yeah, like, that's it's, good. It's it's just it's always strange. What's the last one, Pickle? Finally, let's head out to a Big 12 matchup in Lubbock, Texas. You've got Texas Tech taking on the Longhorns, and you like Tech six, uh, plus six and a half. Can take take the Raiders in the points. I probably buy the hook here, make it plus seven. I probably should have thought about that for the graphic. That's on me, not on Pickle. Uh, so <laughs> we see like a hook, like right? A, like yeah. a fishing hook. I, I'd probably push that to seven, just so a touchdown, you know, at least gives me a push. The Longhorns struggled last week against UTSA for a while. You know, mm-hmm. it's 17-7 in the first half. It was 24-20. UTSA has the ball before Frank Harris's one bad play of the game turns into a pick six. So I don't think the Longhorns are, like, overly great yet. Yeah. I think they're trending in the right direction, but I don't think they're there. Texas Tech coming off a loss on the road. Jones Stadium's going to be sold out. Texas Tech always plays good against Texas at home in, in these kind of big games. I don't know if this is upset alert, but I think it's a really, really close game going into the fourth quarter. Give me, give me the points. We- when we were talking about the money line, the money line's probably plus 220 around there, and that might be worth taking a look at, too, because I think you're right. And and think about for for the, the, the way that Texas Tech has gone about their business. When they played Houston, they rolled out their best game plan, right? I'm not saying they didn't try against NC State, but Texas is more important to beat to Joey McGuire and that staff than 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 NC State, plain and simple. And they're gonna whatever they've got, they're gonna empty they're gonna empty the bag. Yep. And it's, I mean the first sellout there at Jones since 2018. Mm-hmm. You know everybody's on the Joey McGuire train. Like people are excited in Texas Tech. You know they played poorly last week, and UT is kind of trending in the right direction. And we're starting to get to the point where Texas is getting overrated again in the gambling mm-hmm. books on the mm-hmm. gambling side of things. It's usually a great play to fade Texas, so we're going to do that until the wheels fall off this year. All right. It's fade in Texas. He's Mike Craven, our financial advisor and college football insider here on uh, at Dave Campbell's Texas Football here in Craven's Corner, because in this quarter, we make money. Now let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Um, WTF coming up at 2 o'clock today. Um, we're talking RGV. There's a really big game in the mm-hmm. RGV tonight, so excited to preview that. But, uh, yeah, tune in wherever you're watching. 2 o'clock. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Mike Craven and Ashley Pickle, she's over there. That's why the, the producer booth is over there. 
It's me. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give me your play of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Text Football Today.